Hello and welcome to the Golf IQ podcast hosted by me, Luke Curdenine. Join me twice a week where we'll dive into the nerdy side of the game. We'll uncover useful golf swing tips, explore interesting course management strategies, and explain other clever hacks in quick and convenient 10-minute episodes. The goal here is simple, to help us all become smarter, better golfers. So I hope you enjoy. So Drew, so I'm back from another trip to Florida for my sins, back from Orlando. But I didn't mind it this time because I was down there for the PNC Championship, which really is like maybe sneaky, my favorite non-major event. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is so much fun. I mean, you're watching it on TV, you were saying, right? Oh yeah, it's amazing. It's one of my favorites to watch. Just you get that, uh, you get a lot of, like the players open up a lot. You get a lot of insight, uh, especially for golf nerds to into what, what they're working on and, and you get some of that old insight from the, the the veterans out there as well yeah like very non-threatening environment for those guys and we thought even though the pnc was last week we thought it'd be fun to do just a bit of a quick dive into some of our observations about the pnc because like you said it's an unusual event where you see some legends with their kids out there and specifically some of the things that the rest of us can can learn from those guys so mm-hmm. Um, I got a couple in mind, but Drew, like, do you want to do you want to take it away? What are some of the observations you have watching both the young and the old legends? Out yeah, there? yeah. I mean, first of all, I think it's amazing how uh, how well the 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 sons and daughters hit the ball compared. To, I mean, compared to the uh, um, the pros, their their ball striking is pretty good, right? Like, yeah. Especially their full shots. Um, you know, you see Charlie Woods hitting a lot of really nice drives. I mean, didn't miss many fairways, was hitting it long and straight, yeah. pretty much similar to Tiger. And it's funny because Tiger was asked about this. So we'll try to sprinkle in some tips throughout. And I think like one of the tips aimed more for junior golfers that Tiger said is that Charlie's actually longer at his age than Tiger was at his age. And he said, because of the technology now, because the ball spins less, because the drives are more forgiving, that speed is really like a skill that gets developed early. And I think that's something that we see with Charlie and something that's probably just really important for junior golfers in general, right? Like it's it only gets harder learning to swing fast and swing hard. So try to layer on that stuff when you're young. If you're a dad of a junior golfer, if you're a junior golfer yourself who may be listening, like now is your time to like build that strength yeah. and that speed. It's quite a bit easier to dial it back after after you are a little you know, long, but a little wild. It's much easier to dial back the speed and dial in the technique. Right, exactly. And you're, you know, like you you see Charlie shows up for this event every year. He's like a little bigger, a little stronger, a little taller. Like your body's developing at a rate now that it's never going to develop again. And so this is your like muscle building time. Um, I, I will say on the flip side of, you know, how I was mentioning the ball striking is pretty impressive. Then again, none of the uh, younger players are playing to the same level at all as the pros, which asks the question, what is different? I mean, it was pretty glaring to me to see the intangibles and how those are, are quite a bit different, specifically distance control yeah. and short iron play, it, it, distance control and putting. I mean, these little skills that the pros just are far better at. Yeah, I, it's funny. Like when you see both of them side by side too, it really starts to like uh, stick out. You know, I remember this like one whole web. there was one there was a par three and and charlie playing from up you know pulls a wedge to like 50 something feet he did this a few times but then you know he lagged his putt to outside of gimme range Mm -hmm. and then misses that but tiger meanwhile is like 
you know, he'd put something on the green and then he like chipped it close and, or sorry, putted his ball into tapping range. And to me, this is like, these little skills are the ones that junior golfers probably really struggle to take some time to learn, right? Where distance control, like limiting your consistency on your bad shots, not on your good shots, um, distance control with your wedges, speed control with your yeah. putting, like getting the fundamentals of the game, all the boring stuff. These little things add up. We're going to be doing this series in January, the 1% better challenge. And yes. this is sort of a similar idea, although different. But I mean, it, if you get a tiny bit better in a bunch of different things, that's going to be more beneficial than just being, you know, oh, I hit it solid. I'm a decent ball striker. But just right. having your distance control really dialed in, being able to take uh you know some distance off some shots yeah. being able to judge lies all of these little things playing in the wind they add up a lot more than just hitting it a nice pretty golf swing yeah and i feel like that that's something that golfers of all age can learn from because i know when i was a junior golfer i hated practicing yeah. that stuff you know like you want to be like ripping driver and if you are practicing your putting you're like playing games putting well but i think once you get older you start realizing that in golf, no matter what level you're at, you make your money keeping your ball in play, you know, off the tee, no matter how good or bad your days are. Uh, you, you make your money knowing how far you, like being able to basically like hit your clubs a certain distance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like if, you, if you're trying to hit a shot 150, as close to 150 as you can get it. Like it doesn't matter what club you're hitting, it matters that you can get close to that number. Yeah. Your disaster shots aren't rearing its head. And yeah, like you're saying that you have the ability to hit a couple different shots around the green, even if it's just high and low. That, yeah. yeah, that variation is huge. And of course, speed control. And just being a great lag putter, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It's like so important. And so one thing we were talking about earlier too, Drew, is that it's funny. I love seeing these legends because you start seeing, you, you know what their swings were like in their like quote unquote peak, but then you start seeing how their swings have like altered a little bit and how in some ways they've had to deal with the reality of their own body of their becoming an older golfer and seeing how they're accounting. For it's that. fascinating because as they get older and they become stiffer, they're becoming more like you and me or the average golfer right. at home who maybe they're 40 and they're experiencing sort of the same physical limitations that, you know, Nick Price or Tom Lehman is dealing with at 60 or 65. It's so true. Like when we look at pro golfers, you can obviously learn a lot. But you can learn so much more from like PJ Tour champions golfers and guys like this who, who they're not going to, they don't have the ability to like move their body in all these like hyper flexible, hyper mobile ways. They are back, some of them have back problems, knee problems, whatever. Their swing is shorter. They keep losing distance. They're trying not to lose distance. These are all like the most relatable. And kind they of don't get caught up in the fads of the teaching of the day. You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, discussion about. Uh, how you should swing it today and a lot of these modern players swing it in unorthodox ways yes and there's ways to you know defend that as as being superior they don't get into any of that sort of stuff so they they swing it in a very traditional old school style which yeah. is sort of refreshing to see sometimes and i feel like they really like maybe when they were younger it's funny like when they were younger they all had coaches yeah. you know and they were all like tweaking stuff and now they're just like very at peace with their own move yeah. and they're not it's not that they're not trying to change it because we'll get into some of that but it's more like they're trying to just refine what they have, which again is something a lot of us can learn from. Um, one of those, uh, Bernard Langer, I had a quick chat with him on the range and he was talking about, he said uh, he's changed everything in his golf swing since he's gotten older. And a big one for him is that he said he's, he, he basically has lost the ability to turn well, to rotate. And so 
while his younger days, he had a stronger grip. And in order to stop hitting hooks, he would just turn a lot and he'd hit these high draws. Now he hits fades. He says he's weakened his grip. So he's rotated his left hand over to his left side. And he tries to hit, kind of swing more up and down now. It's more of an upper body dominant right, motion. Hands and arms. He tries to, you know, he's still turning, obviously, but like he's picking the club up more. He's trying to load less into his right side, stay more on his left side throughout and just almost like chop down on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's maybe the, the the guy with the longest career in any of golf. And I just think some of that stuff is really interesting, knowing like understanding what you need to do in your golf swing, which in Langer's case is get to his left side and uh, prevent himself from getting stuck. I think that's a lot of, uh, you know, I'm watching the swings back this weekend and looking through some of the photos that were taken. It's fascinating to see the the differences in the impact position with mm-hmm. these older players and these pros versus their kids. Almost every time the kid is far more open with their hips and yes. really open with their upper body in a very rotational position at impact, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of these pros are in a very uh, square. I mean, of course, their hips are open. You want that. Uh, but they're in a much more neutral position. Yeah. And I feel like that's speaking to that upper body dominant motion. That's just a little more easy on your body. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like when you're young, like you just have the ability to like jump and turn and twist and bend and do all this stuff that as an older golfer, you, you just can't. And I think the rest of us may sometimes bemoan that fact. Whereas the legends, when you just see them actually work on it, they just start making these little tweaks to their own move to account for that. They're mm-hmm. not trying to get something that they've lost. They're just trying to like adapt to the new reality. One way you see this a lot too is they weaken their grip, like I said, but they'll also close, close their the stance. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, this is like super, this is a super kind of useful hack, right? Yeah. It's something I've slowly noticed Tiger incorporating off the tee. It's, it almost seems like his feet are square, a little closed and his shoulders a little open, yeah. almost like they're, they're, against the you know opposites of each other i feel like that's encouraging his upper body to work over and, yeah. and, and sort of hit a little peeler cut that's really easy on his back yeah and and what so the benefits of closing your stance like this too like if you just drop your so we mean closing your stance so set up to the golf ball like you normally would and just drop your right foot back what a couple inches yeah a couple, yeah, exactly. couple inches. yeah and that just like releases your lower body effectively, Correct. right? Yeah, it gets your upper body more on top of your lower body. Mm-hmm. So everything is sort of moving as one. And so you don't get a lot of stress on that back. Yeah, exactly. And it, in some ways it like presets your hip turn too. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. like given your hips a bit of a head start. For sure, yeah. You get a lot more hip turn in the backswing. Right, exactly. So like, oh, you can't turn like you used to. Nick Price was saying, yeah, I just started dropping my right foot right. back. Um, Lee Trevino does the same thing. Yeah. It's funny, like when Lee Trevino was... Uh, you know, young, young, he was had an open stance. He hit like fades. Now Lee Trevino still hits it as good as ever, but he hits a draw now mm. and he has a closed stance because he needs to turn. The guy's 84 years yeah. old. He still hits bullets and he's still changing. It's, his a, it's a nice little hack. And yeah. it's great for golfers at home who maybe they naturally slice it on their own. I mean, you close your stance and then you come over the top a little bit. Now you're back to pretty much neutral. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It really is. It's like, a functional pattern. Functional pattern. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I guess we'll just close here, Drew, by saying that one of my favorite things about looking at these legends is that the best players, they always figure out a way. You know, they, they never just kind of let it lie. They always like figure out a way. And I think that that's why even though the trends of the day, like you were saying, are super interesting and useful, um, sometimes like you can uncover the real jewels looking at these, uh, looking at these legends. <laughs>